I invite you to turn in your Bibles with me to Psalm 46 for the reading of God's Word. Psalm 46 can be found on page 557 in the Pew Bible. And then in the Forms and Prayers book on page 211, I'll be reading Lord's Day 10. But now we turn to God's holy and inspired Word of God. The historical context of Psalm 46 is not known, um, but we notice they are of the sons of Korah, who are Levites. Psalm 46, let us now hear God's word. To the choir master of the sons of Korah, according to Alamoth, a song. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her, she shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Thus far the reading of God's holy word. May his blessing upon the preaching and teaching of it. Congregation of Christ, I invite you to turn in the Forms and Prayers book to Lord's Day 10, which is found on page 211. Lord's Day 10 defines providence and applies the doctrine of providence to the everyday life of the Christian. Now, providence is, is first brought forth and introduced in Lord's Day 9 at the end of that answer of what do we mean when we say that God is maker of heaven and earth. And in Lord's Day 10, we, are, we ask the question, what do you understand by the providence of God? And the answer given is providence is the almighty and ever-present power of God, by which God upholds as with his hand. Notice the language of hand that's throughout this answer as we have just sung to the hand of God. By which God upholds as with his hand heaven and earth and all creatures, and so rules them, so he upholds and rules them, that leaf and blade, rain and drought, fruitful and lean years, food and drink, health and sickness, prosperity and poverty, all things, in fact, come to us, not by chance, but by his fatherly hand. Now we'll get to the next question towards the end of the sermon. Christian, God is not disengaged from the world that he has created. He is not some otherworldly deity that has no interaction with his creation. 
He is not some otherworldly deity that is disconnected, disengaged, or doesn't care about the affairs of the world. He is not a God of deism. He, doesn't, he didn't create the world and then left and allowed the laws of nature's to take its course. Nor is he the God of pantheism, where God is in everything. Everything is God. Losing the creator-creature distinction. God is creator, we are not. So he's neither the God of deism nor the God of pantheism. He is a God who is holy other, transcendent, beyond comprehensible, beyond comprehension, and yet who is knowable, who makes himself known to his creatures, to human beings. And he makes himself known in creation, but most especially makes himself known in the Word of God, the Bible. And the Bible clearly teaches the God of providence. Christians believe and have confidence in our creator who is God and who upholds all things and rules all things, governs all things, all the affairs of the earth, of the nations, of peoples are upheld and ruled by God's right hand. Wow. You see why Paul and Romans can say, oh, the depth of the, of the riches and knowledge of God. Who can understand him? And who is, who is man to come to God and, and counsel him? Who is man to come to God and counsel him? Tell God what to do. Give wisdom to God. Like God told Job, where were you when I created the heavens and earth? Tell me. Tell me. Nothing takes God by surprise. Nothing. Nothing. It's like in the year that King Uzziah died, or King Uzziah died, and Isaiah saw the Lord sitting on his throne. It wasn't as if God was surprised by King Uzziah's death and was standing up shocked. No, he was sitting on his throne high and lifted up, the train of his robe filling the temple in glorious splendor. God has got a providence. And the psalmist of Psalm 46 found great comfort and hope in the God of promise who upheld him, who upholds the people of God by his word and promise. This morning we we turn our attention to Psalm 46 which is one of those psalms that have been an incredible comfort to the people of God, an incredible source of strength for the suffering Christian. You see, this psalm is for Christians. It's for Christians. And it must be preached in a Christian way, pointing us to Jesus. Pointing us to Jesus. And it's a psalm of comfort to the suffering Christian exhorting us to be still and know that I am God, says the Lord. I am God, says the Lord. 
You know, sometimes in literature, you come to a climax in the beginning or in the middle. You have the, 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 the psalmist stating his case, and then there's a climax. You're on top of the mountain, and then you come to application and conclusion. The climax is at the end here. Be still and know that I am God. Because we need to be still and know God's protection and presence. Be still and know God's protection and presence. The psalmist makes a confident confession. Three times the psalmist says at verse 1, look with me in your Bible, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Or it can read literally, an easily found help in distress. Or or a proven help in distress. Verse 5, God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. Verse 11, the Lord of hosts, the Lord of armies, the Lord of heavenly armies is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Essentially saying that God is our strength. God is our stronghold. We hide ourselves in God and His promise to find safety and security in life. Be still and know God's protection and presence. Because God is our protection and our strength and help. By his presence in our great distress. When the waves and billows crash over you. God is an ever present help. And Christians find safe haven in God alone. Now it's certainly true that God is with us always, that he is always our refuge and our stronghold and our ever-present help. But what the psalmist has in mind here is an especially unbearable distress, a seemingly unbearable distress. That's what he has in mind here. The tragic death of a loved one or friend. A national tragedy. A personal tragedy. Something that is so deeply distressing to the soul. That's what the author has in mind here. An especially, seemingly unbearable tribulation in your life. But with confidence, the psalmist says at verse 2, Therefore we will not fear that the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. Because of God's protection and presence, the author with confidence can say that we, we as a people of God, will not fear when the enemies of God attack us. The Lord is creator, but he is redeemer of his people. He saves his people according to his promise. And God takes the initiative in human history to make his dwelling among his people. We've seen this in the Old Testament scripture when he called Israel to be his his 
special people, his prized possession. And he says, I will be your God and you will be my people. I will dwell with you and be with you. And he was with them in the city of Jerusalem, in the city of David. And he was with them, especially in the, in the temple in Jerusalem, where he met with his people and was present with his people. But God takes the initiative because all that pointed to who? The Lord Jesus Christ, who would tabernacle among us and be present with us. Let us not forget the angel who told Mary, you will have a child and he shall be called Emmanuel, referring back to Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. He will be called Emmanuel. Why? Because he will be God with us. God with us. The Father sends the Son so that the Son gives his life as a ransom for many. The Father gives the Son to save the people from God's wrath and judgment. The Father sends the Son to save his people from the tyranny of the devil. So indeed, in the Son and through faith in the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in time of trouble. Think about the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ when he says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will be with you low, always, even to the end of the age. Think about the Lord Jesus Christ who calls us to build our hope upon the rock, build our lives upon the rock, the immovable rock, even the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ indeed is this very present help in trouble. Jesus indeed is our strength and refuge, our stronghold. John Calvin wrote, If we desire to be protected by the hand of God, we must be concerned above all things that he may dwell amongst us. For all hope of safety depends upon his presence alone. And he dwells amongst us for no other purpose than to preserve us uninjured. Preserve us to where? To the promised land, the heavenly Jerusalem, the city of God. And Jesus made the way, accomplished the way, paved the way to the promised land, to the other side of Jordan, the heavenly city of God. The cosmos, the world, may be turned upside down, says the psalmist. The world may be turned upside down before my very eyes, inflicting me, causing great pain, but I will not fear. I will not fear. Because Jesus is with me always. As a child calls out to his father in the darkness of nights in the bedroom, Daddy, Daddy, I'm afraid. All it takes is what? The father's presence to lay down next to the child. Think of the imagery here. As a father lays down next to a crying child, a fearful child, and the child wraps his arms around Daddy, and find safety and security in the Father. So also is God a Father to us. 
who loves his children and gathers his children as a mother gathers her hens. Be still and know God's protection and presence, particularly his presence and protection in the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Secondly, be still and know God's grace. Verse 4, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, a holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. There is a river that gently runs through or streams through or flows through the city and gives grace and blessing to the city of God. Streams give the, the impression, the, the thought of quiet waters. Think of Psalm 23, leads us besides quiet waters. When you're in Colorado and you see a rushing river, you see chaos. You see an aggressive force of nature. But you're, you're by a stream of quiet waters. You feel at rest. You feel it's a peaceful feeling, isn't it? That's the impression the author is giving us. There's a river whose streams make glad the city of God. And the city of God refers to the people of God. Because where the people of God are, there is the city of God. Now he's referring to here specifically of the city of God, the city of Jerusalem where God dwelt with his people. And there was a river, Shiloh, that flowed by Jerusalem where the people came to those waters and were blessed by God. God was gracious to give them that river. God was gracious to give a river that ran into the Garden of Eden. God was gracious to give the river in the city of Jerusalem. God was gracious to give rivers showing forth His grace and making glad the people of God. There's a difference in the Bible between a rushing river and a stream. For example, if you're taking notes, Isaiah chapter 8. Verses 6 through 10 says this, listen. The Lord spoke to me again because this people has refused the waters of Shiloh that flow gently and rejoice over Rezin and the son of Ramalia, that is the, the, the enemies of God, the, those who are not part of the, the, the people of God. Therefore, behold, the Lord will, is bringing up against them Waters of the river, mighty and many, the king of Assyria in all his glory. And it will rise over all its channels and go over all its banks. And it will sweep, unto, sweep on into Judah. It will overflow and pass on, reaching even to the neck. And its outspread wings will fill the breath of your land, O Emmanuel. God's grace is likened to a gentle river that flows into the life of God's people. And it's not a rushing river that leaves destruction and ruin, but peace and rest. Friends, congregation, through faith in Christ, we come to the city of the living God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, through faith in Christ, God makes his dwelling among us. By faith in Christ and by his grace, we have become the holy habitation of God. 
And by grace, we come to streams of living water. Is that not what Jesus promised the woman at the well? Is that not what Jesus promised the people of God? I will give you water that gives life for eternity. Listen to what Revelation 22 verses 1 to 5 say. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, brightest crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city, also on either side of the river, the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nation. No longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, will be in it. And his servants will worship him. They will see his face. And his name will be on their foreheads. And night will be no more. And they will need no light of lamp or sun. For the Lord God will be their light. And they will reign forever and ever. The psalmist knows. That the events of human history. The trials and sufferings of life are not by chance, but part of God's plan. Part of God's plan. In fact, in Psalm 42, in Psalm 42, the psalmist says, Your billows have gone over me. Your billows, deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have gone over me. By day the Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night his song is with me. A prayer to the God of my life. On the one hand, he knows God's providence. On the one hand, he knows that the mountains quake and shake around him, and it comes from the hand of the Lord. But he nevertheless knows God is his rock and cries out to the Lord in prayer. Be still and know my protection and presence. Be still and know my mercy, says the Lord. Come to the waters. Come to the quiet waters. Jesus, our shepherd, leads you there. Thirdly, be still and know God's mighty works. In verse 6, the nations rage, the king's kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. Verse 8, come behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. The Lord does these things according to his wisdom and understanding. And oh, how mysterious, how profound. At his word, the earth melts away because he is almighty God. And by his word and will, he executes judgment upon the earth. And yet he is the God who brings peace. You see that? You see that? How the Lord brings peace. He utters his voice and the earth melts. And here we have the author inviting us. Come. 
Behold the works, the mighty works of the Lord, and how he makes kingdoms totter and fall. Kingdoms come and kingdoms go at the word of the Lord. But he will break the bow. He will establish peace. Come and look at the mighty works of God. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know my mighty works. You know, in times of distress and trial and tribulation, it's our inclination. It's our inclination to be reactionary rather than meditative and reflective. God says, be still. In other words, relax. Chill out. Chill out. Sit down and reflect. Sit down and reflect. The questions of life's troubles and distresses are many. But it seems to me from Scripture's testimony that the best way to approach tragedy is to first be still and reflect. To be reflective rather than reactionary. And know that the Lord is on your side. To know that the Lord is present. To, the know, to know that the Lord is a God of providence. Be still and know the mighty works of God. Because it's when we, when we be still, is then we, can, then we can know. But if we try to know before we be still, we will never know. You see the order of things here? Be still and know. It's not know and be still. Be know and reflect. Be still and reflect. Be still and reflect. Be still and reflect upon Christ. Be still and take refuge in Christ. Be still and take comfort that he is with you always, even to the end of the age. Be still and know that he is a God of providence. Be still and know that he reigns and rules even now. Be still and know that he will reign. Be still and know that he will be exalted among the nations. Be still and know that he will be exalted in the earth. Be still and know. Be still and know. Because we have one who has ascended to the right hand of the Father. He came, died, suffered for the sake of sinners, bore the wrath of God and became our refuge and strength, ascended into the, right, into the heavens, to the right hand of the Father, where he rules and reigns even now, and where he will reign until the day he comes again, until the Lord 
God the Father makes all his enemies his footstool. Take refuge in him. Be still and know his mighty works in Jesus. In Jesus. And because of Jesus, we know the true God who graciously forgives and has mercy upon us and protects us and preserves us and takes us safely home to the promised land, to to heaven, where we await the new heavens and new earth and who gives eternal peace and rest, which we know now by God's grace and spirit and we will know when he comes again. Be still and know God's mighty works in Jesus. And he will execute his justice, his judgment upon his enemies, namely the devil and his minions and all those who hate the Lord. And yet the scriptures teach that he will be exalted among the nations and exalted in the earth and he will judge all nations and all the earth and we the people of God will reign with him forever. And the enemies are God are called to be still and to put down their evil ways and trust in Christ, to trust in the Lord. By God's grace, God calls us to repentance and faith. And he calls us to be his children, to live in the city of God, to sit under Jesus at his feet, to worship him and praise him, to be still and reflect in times of distress and trouble, knowing that he is God, he is Lord, he is King. William Carey began his missionary work in India in 1793, and he was there for 40 years. He left England, went to India, served there 40 years, never returned back to his homeland. He worked on translating the Bible into many dialects of the Indian language. And after 20 years of laboring, a fire started in the place that held his printing equipment and all his manuscripts, all of his work. And the fire took everything. Carey wrote to his friend Andrew Murray in England saying this, The ground must be labored over again, but we are not discouraged. We have all been supported under the affliction and preserved from discouragement. To me, the consideration of divine sovereignty and wisdom has been very supporting. I preached on this affliction last Lord's Day from Psalm 46.10. Be still and know that I am God. I principally dwelt upon two ideas. God has a sovereign right to dispose of us as he pleases. And secondly, we ought to acquiesce in all that God does with us and to us. Be still and know that I am God. God upholds and rules all things. Even you, Christian, And he is not unaware of your trials and great distress. The seemingly unbearable distress in your life. He knows. He knows it all together. And is a part of his plan. And that is a great mystery, I confess. 
But the very fact that he is a God, God of providence tells us the very fact that he, by his fatherly hand, will uphold you and take you to himself and will never leave you nor forsake you. Whatever comes our way comes by God's fatherly hand. And no matter what comes our way, nothing will be able to separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord, neither death nor life. Neither death nor life. Because our only comfort in life and in death is that we belong in body and soul in life and in death to our faithful Savior Jesus. Is that your confession this morning? Is that your confession this morning? Lord's Day 10 applies providence to everyday life. It applies the word of God in a very succinct way when it says we can be patient in adversity, thankful in prosperity, and for the future we can have good confidence in our faithful God and Father that no creature will separate us from his love. For all creatures are so completely in his hand that without his will they can neither move nor be moved. Be still and know that he is God. Be still patiently, thankfully, and with good confidence. That's how we know that he is God. When we wait, when we are thankful, and we have that good confidence in our faithful Father, that he is indeed God and will watch over us in such a way that not a hair can fall from our head without the will of our Father in heaven. Amen. Let's pray. O oh, gracious God and Father, we bow our head and our hearts before your throne of grace. We thank you, O oh Lord, for your sovereign and holy word, your inspired word that reveals to us who you are and what you have done for us in the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you that Jesus is our only hope and comfort in life and in death. That you, O Lord, sent your one and only Son in fulfillment of the Old Testament scriptures to save his people from their sins so that in him we find refuge, in him we find hope, in him we find the forgiveness of sins, in him we find peace. Peace like a river that attendeth our way. When sorrows and sea billows roll, O Father, we come before you in Jesus' name to drink from the brooks, from the river, the streams of living water, the quiet waters, to drink from Jesus Christ himself. O Lord God, we pray these things in